Welcome to the ADS Podcast. This is where we talk about all things audience development for the arts related. Join us for discussions about audience building tips, ideas, concepts, and philosophies with sometimes brought in special guests. And now, here's your latest podcast for you. Shoshana here from Audience Development Specialists, and welcome to ADS Podcast. And today it's just me, myself, and I, and I will be fielding questions for our new format called Ask Shoshana. And I received two really great questions that I want to talk about here today. So the first question comes from Clay Mabbitt of Sold Out Run. It's a very specific question, and here is Clay's question now. Hi, Shoshana. This is Clay Mabbitt from SoldOutRun.com. I have a broad question I wanted to get your take on. In a perfect world, we can outline a plan for audience development and, and take action on whichever strategies and tactics we believe will work. Uh, but when it's time to implement that plan in the real world, there can be politics involved. Uh, sometimes that's board members and other stakeholders in our arts organization can sometimes resist the changes that we're trying to bring about. And a truly effective strategy is going to require everyone to be on board. So if someone wants to bring the ideas you talk about through ADS to their arts organization, how can they convince the old guard to take a chance on ideas that to them might seem very strange and risky? Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Keep up the good work. What a great question from Clay. And basically, I would say that we need to get behind the reason of the resistance first before we can actually get everybody on board. And this is something that it takes some a little bit of time and effort to have these discussions with the members that may be resisting the new ways of doing things in order to do audience development. But what I find is having that conversation is key. And the reason being is usually the resistance sometimes comes with a little bit of fear. And the fear has to do with if they change doing the things that they're used to doing, maybe they will feel no longer useful or maybe they feel their expertise will be outdated. And this is something that we definitely need to sit down and talk to them about and get them excited about the new ways of doing some things. And the way that I usually do it is I ask them what they think about the ideas first off and get their opinions about it. And if it turns out they have something that they bring to the table that needs to be addressed, that say the resistance actually has some foundation, that's something you can look into in order to implement into your new plan. So these, they may have some great feedback for you to actually tweak your plan to make it even better. So some of the times they're resisting because maybe they have a challenge with a particular part of the plan. I find that happens sometimes. But the other part of this issue is sometimes they feel like they may not be necessary if you go this new route and they feel that their old expertise is no longer needed. And this is definitely not the case. So what I would do is get them excited and to the point that they can own this plan themselves, get them thinking in this new direction 
And it's a matter of getting their opinion about things to the point of, well, how can I make this better? And just coming from that perspective gets their input. And usually with getting their input, you get that buy-in that is needed so the resistance is no longer there. This has worked very well for me, and it's because we want everybody to own this. And in order for everybody to own the change and own the new plan and the new ideas and the new way of doing things, is they need to be part of it too. So when you're creating a plan of this nature, it's best, especially if there is resistance there, it's best to have them help you create this plan. And I, I do air quotes sometimes because maybe it's an idea you already had, but if it's coming from their mouth, then they own it. Then they know they are part of this new process. So I think that is what sometimes the disconnect is, is the fear that they're not a part of this process anymore, that maybe their expertise is outdated. And in this process of getting them to have this input and getting their voice into this plan, they are part of it, they own it. It works really well for kind of getting through that resistance piece that you were talking about, Clay. I do want to also add that sometimes people may resist just because it is change. And I think that the best way that you can combat this is to kind of stop and ask the question, are things working the way that they are now? And obviously you can bring up the Albert Einstein quote of insanity, doing the same things, expecting different results. And that might be something that you need to bring up with them in order to get them to realize that what you're doing currently is not working and you do need to do something different in order to make better things happen. And with some of these new changes, it will be an experiment, but however, doing something different will get you going in a different direction and most likely in a more positive direction with these new changes that you have planned for them. And it's a matter of showing them how well this will work, maybe bringing up examples from other people that have done similar types of changes. And in fact, if you can bring those types of facts and figures, most board members love that type of data, and that will help them also get on board with the new initiatives. I hope that answers your question. And if anybody has more feedback for for Clay, give us an email at ads at buildmyaudience.com. So we're going to go on to the next question that I received from Sharon Glassman. Very interesting lady. I enjoyed meeting with her. And this is what Sharon's question was. Hey, Shoshana. Sharon Glassman here. I have a question about uh, reversing the common logic that a larger audience is what we're looking for. Have you heard of examples where people have actually gone for a smaller, super targeted audience? And if so, how have they uh, made that work on the profitability side? I'd love to know. Thanks a bunch. It's Sharon at SharonGlassmanLive.com, website Sharon Glassman Live, and I'm performing a live novel with songs um, for really smart, funny, adorable people in smaller venues. Thanks a bunch. So I had the chance to meet Sharon, and I found out that she has a niche type of event, and it's a, an event that particular people would enjoy. Not everybody's going to like her event, and that's probably why she's asking this question. 
So the first thing I told her was it would be very good to sit down and figure out what it means to be profitable. Because if you don't know where you're actually going to, then you won't know the amount of audience that you need and the amount of support that you need in order to be profitable. So that's the first thing I suggested for her. And the second thing, which was her question about how she can build an audience for her niche arts format, is I basically said that it's a matter of looking at her niche and looking at it from different angles and figuring out who her audience will be and then inviting the amount of people that is necessary in order to make it profitable for her. And I usually use the three times rule here. So you wanna invite three times the amount of people in order to be successful. So three times the amount of people in order to be successful. So look at your events, look at your specific art form from all the different angles, figure out what types of people would enjoy your art, and then invite three times the number of people from those types of groups, from those types of people, and in order to be successful. It is possible to have an art form on a smaller level. And this is something that I know Seth Godin talks about because what you do is not gonna be for everybody. And in fact, trying to be for everybody is kind of shooting yourself in the foot because you're gonna waste a lot of marketing dollars going after the wrong types of people. So once you figure out what you need in order to be profitable, in order to make your living, in order to have the funding you need to be an artist, then figure out well, how many audience members, how much donations do you need, what type of revenue needs to come in in order to make that happen, and then go for three, sometimes four, sometimes five times the amount in order to make it happen. And look at things from all different angles, and once you get creative with that type of audience development planning, things usually fall into place, and that's when the magic happens. So I know I answered her question because I had coffee with her. She happens to live in my area. We had a great time talking about this, and I hope that my answer will help other people out there as well. So that's it for Ask Shoshana, this first segment of this format. And if you have a question or a particular challenge for me that you'd like to share with our ADS podcast audience and get the answer, then feel free to send an email to ads at buildmyaudience.com or you can send a voice message, which is what these people did in order to be on the show. And that is located on my podcast page, buildmyaudience.com slash podcasts. And you will be able to send the question there. So thank you so much for joining us at ADS Podcast, and I hope you join us again the next time around. Thanks so much.